of facts to fight off the liberal gaslighting. You can be in the middle of a hurricane. You have sanctuary in the city of Chicago. Or you can be on a calm day. North is still north. You could be in a thunderstorm. I am angry. We are not going back. Not ever. North is still north. People can yell at you. The hell with the Supreme Court. We will defy them. North is still north. It doesn't change fundamental things. And in this business, right is still right, even if you stand by yourself. We don't get fooled again. No, no. Live across the fruited plain and from sea to shining sea, we are converting the Marxist left one hour at a time on the Wendy Bell Radio Program. Well, hello, America, and beyond the fruited plain. Welcome home to the Wendy Bell Radio Program. This is your home for common sense conservatism. Monday through Friday, great to have you on the live stream, Wendy Bell Radio Network app. If you're interested in watching and not just listening, those of you joining us on the radio, I am excited to say. Brock, where did we just get a new station? Kentucky, did you say? Kentucky. Yes, two stations in Kentucky. Two stations. See, this is how the floodwaters happen. See, it's quiet. It's steady. And then we infiltrate everybody's world and take over. <laughs> We're delighted to have you guys. Great show. So we've got Hunter Biden indicted, right? We've got Joe Biden lying and the United Auto Workers striking. I mean, what is there to talk about? Thank goodness you come to the right place for honesty. That's what we deliver every single day. Welcome home. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. And to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Amen. I don't think any of us is surprised that Hunter Biden was indicted yesterday. It's nothing big. Everybody knows the sordid story of this syndicate crime family. I mean, think about what we have occupying the White House. We, we have a man who for 50 years has lied his way up the ranks of government, who's literally never had a real job in his life. We have sons, one obviously who passed away, one who is an addict, and of course, we followed all of the trials and tribulations of that. We have sordid stories of him sleeping with Bo's ex-wife and Joe doing this with his daughter. And and we're surprised that, you know, Hunter got indicted yesterday. No, we're not. Because this is the tip of the iceberg. This is nothing. The gun charges, yes, if it was you, you'd be thrown away. How many people have been thrown away for the same charges? What did he do? He illegally possessed a firearm while being addicted to drugs and, of course, making false claims. Well, what about everything else? What about the money crap? What about all of the the, the tax evasion stuff? All of this. Do you know that we wouldn't even be at this place right now if the judge overseeing that plea agreement between Hunter and the prosecutors, if he hadn't, if, if that judge, if that woman 
hadn't read all of the fine print, she wouldn't have put the brakes on that and said, whoa, 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 you guys are trying to pull a fast one on me. I'm not agreeing to this plea deal. And then everything blew up, right? I'm going to tell you what I think is going to go on. Because we know that they've got to get rid of Joe Biden some way. All of this stuff is coming out way too fast. We've got CNN, ABC Today, audio soundbites for you. Even MSNBC actually covering things in some semblance of journalistic integrity, which is wild, right? You're like, oh my gosh, what happened to the media? They're telling the truth, at least a little bit. They got to get rid of Joe Biden in a very specific way. And the way to do that is to indict his son. Joe will have no other recourse than to pardon Hunter, which will absolutely finalize him being a one-term president. And he will not be able to run again. It is going to be the emotional tug of war story. And he's going to say, I just, my family comes first. My son comes first. Now, presidents have, they've, you know, pardoned people for years. Didn't Bill Clinton pardon Hillary's brother, right? When he ought not have as he was leaving office. You do not make a family or a personal pardon if you're trying to be reelected. You just don't. But it's the only last cause I think that they can come up with and say, Joe Biden, the broken man, his family trials and tribulations just have been too much. He can't continue. He's going to pardon his son, which is gross, but it's going to happen. And it's going to preclude him from running again. Why? The emotions, ladies and gentlemen, it's all they have left. Joe Biden, the victim. Joe Biden, the heartbroken family man. All he ever wanted was to love his family after so many things went wrong in his life. He loves all of them so much. That's his greatest flaw. That's the story. And it was laid yesterday on CNN. So we were paying attention to this. David Chalian, I believe he's CNN's like political director or one of their top political commentators. And so the news comes out. Oh, no. Hunter's been indicted. I want to know when we get that mugshot. Right. Is that going to be are we going to have the, the, the bells and whistles with all of that stuff? David Chalian is laying the groundwork here yesterday on CNN saying this is just such heartbreak for Joe Biden. He's just destroyed by what is going on. That's total crap, David, and you know it. I want you to hear these two audio sound bites as we set up today's program because it is all the very standard and predictable playbook. Number one, you got to create a narrative, right? With you as the victim. You Number two, you've got to present some fake evidence to try to bolster your claim. Number three, as you're the victim, when people aren't picking up on it and you're not succeeding in your case, you've got one final move. You've got to play that victim death threats. I've been threatened. My life has been threatened card. It's the same playbook that Jussie Smollett used when he tried to pretend he was the victim of a MAGA extremist hate crime, right? They've used the same playbook, which, by the way, didn't work for Jussie, and they're trying to use it again and again and again. They're using it for Donald Trump in Fulton County. They're using it against Donald Trump with regards to the, quote, insurrection and threatening to overturn the election and all this stuff. It's the same damn story. Ken Paxton in Texas, same playbook, and I'm going to walk you through it. But listen to CNN's David Chalian yesterday. Grease the skids of that emotional heartbreak for Joe Biden. Oh, boy. It's such a sad day. Go. 
it is hard not to think about the personal for Joe Biden as well. And just where this fits into this unbelievable Biden story yeah. of the last 51 years, you know, he, yeah. Just remember, he has buried two children, yeah. uh, so he understands pain, and this is a painful day for Joe Biden, no doubt, but probably not pain like that, right? Uh, and in fact, when his young daughter and his first wife died in the car crash, his two young boys, Hunter and Bo, were hospitalized, and he almost didn't take up the post that he was elected to as a young United States senator, wanting to be with them and, and, and raise them. Bullcrap, David. He used them as a freaking backdrop, as a photo op to enter the world of disgusting politics. And you know it. Ladies and gentlemen, we walked you through this weeks ago. He took the oath in January of 1973 and had his sons wheeled into the hospital room where he could create that stunt and create the illusion of Joe Biden, the father. Ah, oh, David Chellian says he understands pain. Yeah, we understand pain. We've lived with 50 years of this quack, but he's not done. The Biden story. The boys were everything he had after the wife and the daughter died. And then all of these terrible things happen. Ladies and gentlemen, are you heartless? Do you not feel so much sympathy? You just must be deplorable. Listen to audio soundbite number two. These two boys were like the centerpiece of his life. He goes to the highest heights. He gets to the vice presidency. His son, Bo, dies as Attorney General of Delaware of, a, of brain cancer. And then as he's about to launch a presidential campaign and achieve his lifelong career dream, yeah. they are dealing with the ramifications of Hunter's drug addiction and how all yeah. of his troubles are going to play into the campaign and consider that into their political calculation. Remember, the, the, Jill and Joe Biden put out a public statement when Hunter Biden began a relationship with his brother's widow, and they yeah. actually like publicly yeah. addressed that prior to the campaign. There have been more emotional ups and downs for this family, and this is now another day where the the president is going to suffer an emotional down that his son is under these uh, criminal charges. So I know I'm certain that he's not just viewing this through a, a political lens, but obviously he is somebody so identified with his children and his grandchildren as at the very center and core of his being. Oh, for the love of all that is holy. I have 21 Emmy Awards on a shelf at my home. I'm going to take one and I'm going to send it to David Chalian for his performance. This is a guy. He's oh, my goodness. He's the family man. This is destroying him. Can you imagine how he must feel the first time in history that the, the child of a president has been indicted? Well, you know, this might be the first time in our history that we know of of a child of a president who's got lots of porn on his computer, who hires prostitutes and flies them in from foreign countries, right? Who acts as a foreign agent and receives millions of dollars from foreign governments, who flies for free aboard Air Force Two when his dad was in office to go broker deals in a business realm he has no knowledge of, who receives lavish gifts, who gets tipped off by the freaking FBI. Who has the Department of Justice running interference for him? Who has the media creating this sob story of pain? Oh boy. And you know everybody out there is touched by addiction. If maybe we should all just be a little bit kinder and softer. Remember the suffering. Hey David Chalian, stuff it! You hack! This is why nobody watches you. And by the way, there's a panel of four other hacks on set with him. Does nobody say, are you out of your mind?
If I was on a panel, I'd be like, well, I completely object to that. That was the dumbest thing I've ever heard. And alas, I'd be the highest rated CNN personality there merely because I told the truth. So that's the defense. Emotion, emotion, emotion. Joe's going to pardon him. He's going to slither off into the sunset. Hope everybody just forgets all about the crime family and move on. But with whom? That is a very interesting question. Let's walk through that door. I love it. Next on the Wendy Bell Radio Program. So I say it's the left's Jussie Smollett playbook. It sucked when Jussie tried to drop it on us a few years ago. The victim of, of, a, of a race, hate crime, right? A black gay guy beaten up, <laughs> allegedly beaten up and not really all that badly. Like if you're going to if you're going to set something up, you want to get beaten pretty good. Right. I mean, can you imagine, Jesse, while the the two dudes, the two guys that he used to work out with, he paid with a personal check to go get rope for news. (laughs) Can you at least make the story better, too? Come on. Like, so stupid. Like you. Can you imagine being like, ouch, not so hard. Ow. (laughs) Right. Because you need to be like punched in the face. If you're going to really do it, like break a rib. We got to go. Right. I want nothing left to chance. I know it's two in the morning and I'm dying for a Subway sandwich and it's like five degrees. That's when I walk. I get outside and I walk to the closest. Because people are going to be hanging out. That's totally. And that's why. And they knew I was going to get a hankering for it. These two black guys with MAGA hats on. It's as stupid as the MAGA hats. The MAGA hat that Ray Epps was wearing. Follow the playbook. Right? Create an idiotic narrative that any discerning mind can see through. But don't care because you're so used to getting away with it that you don't even make it, you don't even try. Here's a personal check, you know? I could be taking out money for the next, you know, month planning this and just peppering it into a little pile so I have $3,500 for you. But instead, I'm going to wait until the last minute and I'm going to write a check from the desk of Jossie Smollett. Well, Here he needed go. the receipt for his taxes. Right? Th- that would. How only- do you write that on your taxes? You know what? Beat up. Yes. this. I need to deduct this. This was a business expense. <laughs> and then you need to cry. <laughs> you don't know what it's like. <laughs> and everybody, meanwhile, was like, come on, man. You're not serious. And then it was serious. And then Robin What's-Her-Face sits down with him on, on Good Morning America, black and gay with black and gay simpatico people. And he lies to her face about how it happened. And like, you don't know what it's like to be a victim. Meanwhile, we actually are all victims of a justice system that is snarled by and gummed up by loser leftists who are crybaby narrative maker-uppers who are terrible at the playbook who execute it like crap and then get indignant when they get called out for sucking and then they call the 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 victim card i got death threats i can't believe people are threatened we don't care about you to threaten you I wouldn't take the time to come find you and punch you, let alone send you a threatening email. You hacks. Right? We wouldn't wait outside at 2 a.m. when it's four degrees below zero. I wouldn't 
wait outside if it was 85 <laughs> yeah. and sunny. I don't care enough about you. Alas, my woeful disregard for what you guys are doing. Because we see. Think about the case of Ken Paxton, the attorney general down in Texas, right? What do you know about Ken Paxton? Well, uh, 21, 20 charges against him. Like, what? If we were to channel our inner Neil Cavuto, I mean, Trump is charged with 91 crimes. I mean, they can't all be wrong, or maybe they can be in Crazy Town, USA. Did you guys follow this? Because we're going to drop some of the the, the bombshell, idiot, Jussie Smollett playbook stuff on you with Ken Paxton. Here's Newsflash 101, all right? To anybody who wants to create a false claim. One, make sure the claim isn't stupid. That's a big one, okay? Number one. Number two, you got to have actual evidence. And it's more than showing up at the door when the cops finally show up with the noose still around your neck, okay? <laughs> because we're, we might be stupid. We're not that stupid, okay? And, and number three, if you're going to allege that somebody like a, an attorney general of Texas is accepting bribes, a quid pro quo in some capacity, even though you're going to exonerate Joe Biden and his whole crime family syndicate for theirs, if you're going to allege services rendered for some kind of favor, you should probably provide support of the services rendered. No evidence, no proof, no data, no nothing except eight days of wasting jurors' time. That, my friends, is the true assault on American democracy. What could we be accomplishing? Whose lives could we be impacting? How much better can America be if you get these feckless lackeys out of the way and punish them for, for their irresponsible litigation? If you go after them and say, if you're going to file something that's made up of garbage and we find out that it's made up of garbage, you'll spend five years in prison and owe 150000 in fines. That's a good launch pad. It's like criminals all over the place. You want to steal from me? I'll... We will arrest you. We will put you away in the deepest, darkest dungeon and you won't get out. You do that a couple times... And you know what happens? People stop breaking the law. Lawmakers stop running rampant, throwing around ridiculous, baseless accusations that they cannot prove. And we, as the great United States of America, we the people can actually have a life of progress and affordability and sanity. Do you see that that's exactly what they don't want you to have? Oh, yes. Hey, House Republicans, are you guys paying attention to the United Auto Workers? Bomb dropped at midnight. Good for you. We're going to walk through the strike. What it means and why House Republicans ought to take that playbook and use it next on the Wendy Bell Radio Program. Welcome back to the Wendy Bell Radio Program. The last time I watched 60 Minutes and thought it was worth a rip was in 2016. It was April 2016, and it was a story about the guy who owns the yogurt company Chobani. This was such an amazing story because 
It told the tale of a gentleman by the name of Hamdi Yulakaya. He's a Turkish immigrant who founded Chobani back in 2005. And the reason why Steve Croft, if I'm not mistaken, was the guy from 60 Minutes at the time who was doing this story, was talking to him, was that he had grown Chobani, not he, but his company, his workers, the people, his family, right? Had grown Chobani into a $3 billion industry. And so as a thank you, Hamdi Yulukaya told his workers that he was going to be giving them shares of the business worth up to 10% of the company when it was, went public or was sold. This meant to some workers who'd been there with him since the beginning, up to a million dollars. And Steve Croft was there. The cameras were rolling from 60 Minutes. I think it was him. When all of these workers got their white envelopes... And they open up their envelopes, not knowing what they're getting. And inside is like a letter that's like, hey, we wouldn't be here without you. You made this with me. You're an owner of this company because of what you do every single day. And based on their seniority, how many years they'd been with the company... They received whatever percent stake in the business there was. And the faces of the workers, some of them dropped to their knees. Others just were stone-faced. Others cried or cheered. It was moving. Now, if you make three to five billion dollars, that was like the loose value of Chobani back then. Why wouldn't you share in the rewards of that hard work with the people who make the product? Look, when you've got skin of the game, when your alarm goes off, you don't groan and hit snooze. You're up and at them. You want to be there. You don't worry about punching in and punching out. You're not looking at your watch, waiting for the shift to end. Because you know that every moment that you're there, being productive in something that you co-own, it is yours. What's wrong with companies these days? What happened? What happened to these greedy automakers? It's not just automakers. It's these losers in pharma, right? Why is it that Albert Borla or Stefan Bansell or any of these other guys, you've become billionaires many times over to the detriment of others? How do you sleep at night? Well, they, they do. But I dare say the Chobani business model, where he's still a billionaire, but he's got in his, in his enterprise millionaires, people who are lifers, who will fight to the death for that product because they have ownership too. Look, you don't need a union if you are treated fairly. You don't need a union to negotiate if the people who own the business value you and what you do. And you know it by how you are compensated. We will pay you 
well. We will encourage you to stay with us. We will give you incentives. We will give you the finest quality benefits. We want you well. We want you healthy so that you can produce and continue our brand growing. But that's not what you get. You get rich fat cats who continue to get richer and richer as this chasm between the owners and the people who are actually building the business, who are doing the, the dirty work, get crapped on at every turn. And then you throw in Bidenomics and Bidenflation, right? And there's no way that salary keeps up with the expense. Is it outrageous for the United Auto Workers to demand a nearly 50% raise? Is it outrageous for them demand to demand 32-hour work weeks or work yeah, work weeks? Does it is it beyond the pale for the United Auto Workers to say, "We want this amount of time off guaranteed." Period. You have to have somewhere from which to negotiate. Right? It's totally reasonable for them to do this. And what have the United Auto Works, what, what have the big three automakers done? They've said, buzz you. Auto workers gave them, their, gave them their negotiations, their demands six weeks ago. And still, with hours to go before a looming deadline, right? They stonewalled at Ford, GM, and Stellantis. They slow walked. They tried to do exactly what Democrats in the House of Representatives are trying to do right now with the budget. If we just wait until the 11th hour, the rank and file will just suck it up and we can stonewall and, and pass it by them again. No. I want you to hear Sean Fain, UAW president, standing up and saying, this is it. We are done, and I should tell you that this is historic. It is the first ever simultaneous strike at the big three automakers with 13,000 workers walking out of plants in Michigan, Ohio, and Missouri. One plant for each of the big three. It is historic. It is a show of solidarity. And this is what Sean Fain had to say about it. Go. What would you say to the CEOs of these auto companies that say uh, the, the union has not been acting in good faith, that there were delays? What, what do you make of that? Let's talk about what good faith is. They've had our economic demands for six weeks. We've told them from day one, we expect a bargain now, not wait till the end. They waited till last week. We had to file unfair labor practice charges on two companies to get them to come to the table. So they waited till the last week to want to get down to business. Shame on them. And what they're saying is complete BS. You heard the CEO of Ford say that it would bankrupt them if they met your demands. What would you think of that? I think it's a joke. You know what? They could double our pay right now. Labor, the cost of labor the co that goes into a vehicle is 5% of the vehicle. They could double our wages and they could not raise the price of vehicles, and they would still make billions of dollars. It's a lie like everything else that comes out of their mouth. The strategy is three facilities. What impact do you think that could make on the auto industry as a whole across we'll this country? We'll find out. And you know what? And it's going to keep on building if they don't come to the table for our members. Last question. More facilities are going to, are more facilities going to feel this? Are more facilities going on strike? If they, don't, if they don't take care of our members, they will. 
Boom. Hey, Kevin McCarthy, do you have his phone number? Because Sean Fain could teach you one or two things or 50 about having a backbone, about being a, a leader, about caring about the rank and file, because the rank and file, sir, is the United States. How about the big three by the numbers, the change over the last four years? So, so GM, Ford, and Stellantis, they say, you know what, we, we'll go bankrupt. We can't possibly meet those demands. What, what do you think we are, made of money? <laughs> yeah, let's go over it. Over the last four years, North American profits for the big three automakers up 65%. Over the last four years, their CEO's pay structure has increased 40% over the last four years. The stock buybacks have increased 1,500%. What? What? Over the last four years, the average price of a vehicle has increased 34%. Over the past four years... Inflation has ticked up 20% over the last four years. United Auto Workers' top wage rate has increased by 6%. And over the past four years, the labor cost per vehicle has remained 5%. 5%. Do you think the people who are building these vehicles every single day whose moves dictate how safe you and your most precious cargo are do you think that they deserve probably to be treated somewhat fairly i'm gonna go with yeah i'm gonna go with yes so let's read a little bit about what is going on with this strike so we're all up to speed at midnight the united auto workers began targeted work stoppages at plants across the United States. The stand-up strike, as the union is calling it, is modeled on strikes in the 1930s when GM workers occupied plants to protest inequality. The UAW plans to selectively picket production sites of Ford, Stellantis, and GM, gradually escalating pressure and keeping the big three automakers uncertain of their next steps. Reached on Thursday afternoon at a hardware store in northwest Indiana where he was purchasing wooden sticks for picket signs, a worker at a Ford assembly plant in Chicago named Scott Huldeson said he believes the stand-up strike is a brilliant strategy. Keeps the company off guard, he says. Doesn't deplete our strike fund. The UAW strike fund estimated at $825 million. That is enough for three months of $500 weekly payments to workers if all plants were on strike simultaneously. We're not extending the contracts, he said. We're working under expired contracts in the places where we'll continue to work. That's going to allow us to take other plants out at a moment's notice. So as of Friday morning, this morning, GM's Wentzville Assembly Local 2250, Stellantis Toledo Assembly Local 12, and Ford Michigan Final Assembly and Paint Local 900 plants all went on strike. The closures were announced by Sean Fain, UAW president, Thursday night. If we need to go all out, we will, Fain said. Everything is on the table. 
The, the message is clear. The chasm between haves and have-nots has to be bridged. Facts. If your CEOs get tens of millions of dollars in pay and incentives, and you think it's reasonable for the rank-and-file people who build the product that makes you rich to not benefit even at all, not even with some rusty scraps, well, stand up to strike we shall. Let's go. You're tuned into the Wendy Bell Radio program, ladies and gentlemen. Coming up, how this is not going to favor well with the younger voters. Democrats are stepping in something here. Young voters have a very specific view of labor. I'm going to drop it on you next on the Wendy Bell Radio Network. So according to UAW estimates, the big three automakers make a combined or made a combined $21 billion in profit in the first half of 2023 and a combined $250 billion in American profits over the last 10 years. A 14.5% increase over four years of wages is deeply inadequate That's not even close. Do you or do you not want people who want to be on your line? I want Brock every day to hop out of bed and say, by golly, I cannot wait. I get a decent wage. I work with somebody who's pleasant, who values what I do. I get to be creative. I get to have a say in something. I can control my lane. I have ownership in something. Not I'm going to clock in. And then I'm going to I'm going to jet out at noon and take my 22 minute lunch break because somebody's watching the clock. And then I'm going to come back and be miserable watching the clock until my shift is over. Don't you want to work somewhere where you have a boss who says, look, I'm not interested in an eight hour workday. If you can be productive in five, you go do that. Would you not love that? Would you not be more interested in working harder for somebody who said that? I'm not going to breathe down your neck. You do the best you you can do. And I'll give you skin in the game. And together, our partnership will grow. Period. I think it's funny that I believe it was the Ford CEO came out and said, if we give them demands into their demands for their pay, then we'll go bankrupt. But they want to keep their payback to fund the new EV stuff. This is so all why are you asking about. the worker to fund something that you know is a failure? We're going to transition away from what we're... There are far fewer parts on an electronic electric vehicle, right? So you need fewer people. My understanding, and I'm not an auto worker, okay? But if we're going to shift to something totally different that we know sucks, that we know is unsustainable... That we know the majority of the parts come from freaking China. What do you think is going to happen to these jobs? They're going to go away. And that is the plan. The plan is to drop you to your knees and to make you beg for whatever big government gives you. Did you know this? 88% of people under the age of 30 view unions favorably a record-breaking level of support from young workers this was just this poll august 29th 
So you've got a very captive young audience who believe in equity and fairness, who've been indoctrinated, many of them in colleges and universities. But what's the message? Rich people, bad. We're just struggling. Donald Trump actually resonates so much more with the union men and women than anybody in the fat cats at the top echelons of these companies. This is a very dangerous game the big three are playing. And look, for Sean Fain and for the rank and file, I spent about two hours over the weekend listening and joining some videos of him addressing them and saying, this is what they're, this is what they're doing. This is what they're offering. This is what I say we should do. And I'm reading the chat. I'm looking at all of the people say, I'm here from local such and such number. Solidarity. Fists emojis. The, the uh, muscle of the arm emoji. Enough is enough. The system is not fair. Everybody knows it's not fair. But I just don't understand the business model of hoarding all of the profits for you and not sharing the wealth with those who you should be at your very base grateful to have in your employment. You either run a company like a family where everybody has to work together because you're part of a herd and you sink or swim as a unit or you run it like a dictatorship where you rule with an iron fist and the people who actually do the work are treated like the plebes that we're all told we are. Remember what Laura Logan said yesterday. It's not just flyover country. It's the forgotten men and women. It's all of you they come to every couple years when they need a few votes. It's you they promise and you they trample. All the while lying to you and telling you that that's not the case. Obviously, we're going to be following this. There's a lot of money to go around in the world. Sharing it isn't that difficult. Being fair isn't that difficult. Providing work-life balance isn't that difficult. Creating employees who feel invested isn't that difficult. Unless all you care about is money and you. Ladies and gentlemen, how different are the big three auto workers from your uniparty in government they don't care about us they use us we are the machinations the assembly line of american industry and they reap the rewards pay attention kevin mccarthy pay attention all right when we come back hour number two of the wendy bell radio program some dazzling sound as the media change their narrative about joe biden and is kamala harris the best next person oh boy don't go anywhere next